Hey gamers, this is Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire, and I'm once again taking you beyond the board with a special guest. This time it is my very good friend and fellow Roman history enthusiast, although we'll talk details on that, Morgan Cleon Reti. How are you doing, Morgan? Hey Liz, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm very happy to be here with you today. I'm happy to have you. So uh, we are going to do a double header. This first episode is going to just be about Roman and ancient themed games. And then our next episode is going to be about Morgan's next game, which is going to be Hubris. So stay tuned for that. But Morgan, you particularly like games with ancient themes. What are your favorites in that genre? Generally speaking, I mean, I like everything which has both uh, political and strategic dimensions. So, um, you know, I mean, I probably started the biggest game I played were like uh, Imperium Romanum, second edition, and um, Republic of Rome, which is the most excellent game. These were probably the best I can, uh, I can remember. I mean, I played a lot of them. Uh, I'm not too keen on the tactical games, uh, especially since I found most of them to be not that, uh, not that faithful to history, in my opinion. But um, I mean, obviously, the the wall SPQR Alexander of the Great Battles of History uh, is good, but I probably have all of them at least for the ancients. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm much more of a megalomaniac type. You know, I like to. <laughs> to play it at the grand scale. So, and then later on, I mean, there were some excellent games which came out, like uh, in particular Successors, uh, which originally came uh, with uh, Avalon Hill and then was uh, taken again by a GMT. Uh, that must have been, it was definitely a favorite of my gaming group uh, when I was like just out of engineering school. So uh, we played that one to death and beyond, I guess. <laughs> Uh, also because the theme is uh, is one which is very uh, close to our art. Um, what other games? For some reason, I discovered, uh, you know, Hannibal versus Rome from Maximilian fairly late. So, I mean, I played it fairly later. Um, but... Um, yeah, plenty of other games. Peloponnesian War is a good one. Uh, you are very interested in historical accuracy in your ancient games. What games, other than your own, such as Pendragon and Hubris, would you say are very accurate and really work for you on that level? Right. Um, and I will not name names, but I there's been so many games which are definitely not accurate, which are like, uh, uh, you know... Um, cartoon-like uh, take on ancient history with, uh, you know, like more of a sandbox on which uh, historical names are plastered. Uh, these may be fun, you know, for a minute, but that's not what I'm looking for. Um, I'm really looking for something where I can feel I am placed in the shoes of the historical persons and faced with the um, dilemma that they faced. So, um, and then it, you know, it, it's a question about the model you use. I mean, what are you trying to model? I mean, if you take Imperium Romanum two, for instance, second edition, uh, as far as modeling the wars at the operational or military level, you know, the, uh, the, the rivalries between uh, would-be emperors, it's pretty good. Um, there are some issues, or there were some issues in the second edition with things just 
like supply and uh, how some um, independent units could behave. But generally speaking, I mean, it did give a fairly good depiction of the key features of uh, a Roman civil war. However, if you try to push that model to represent uh, conflicts with non-Roman powers, well, <laughs> the model was stretched a little bit too far beyond what it could do. Um, Successors, on the other hand, um, is, I mean, there is a sandbox element, but you might say that this whole period had a sandbox element. And I think it does capture um, a great lot of what were the key features and constraints and decision points that the historical successors faced in real life. So, I mean, there are some things which are missing, in my opinion, something which could be a bit more emphasized, but then it's more a matter of point of view. I mean, it, there is no question that this game does a fairly good job of representing the um, the situation and the um, the choices that these people have had to make. So, yeah, there, there's that. Republic of Rome is excellent, I think, in that regard. Um, it is a very deep experience. Again, if you're looking at what it was like to be one of the leading you know, senators or families in Republic, uh, Republican Rome, uh, I know that there has been some attempt to port that system to some other systems. I think there was one done on Carthage, which from what I heard was not that successful. Um, so, you know, it's always a matter of having uh, the model you're using and your subject matter and what you're trying to highlight uh, in concordance. Makes sense. I still need to play Republic of Rome. I'm, I need to get on that. So the other thing I've noticed about your taste, especially as a designer, is that you love mm -hmm. the ancient world, but you are not necessarily a great lover of Rome itself. That's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I mean, the... Um, Obviously, you cannot ignore Rome whenever you talk ancient history, at least in the, in the second part of it. Um, but then, you know, there's many people have this sort of fascination for Rome. I mean, they won, after all. <laughs> um, but there's also a lot of things for which they, in my opinion, I mean, are, are to be blamed for. And it, it so happens that um, part of I guess my personal history, my personal interest, um, I tended to develop very, very young, um, big fascination for everything which had to do with ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, uh, the ancient Celts, all enemies of Rome. <laughs> and um, All of them were at some point crushed uh, or absorbed or, or enslaved or raped or whatever you want to name it uh, by Rome. Uh, just to take probably the, 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 the more the example closer to my heart. I mean, I'm so I'm French uh, and I'm I have Celtic origins, so it's hard for me to um, ignore that uh, Caesar <laughs> is uh, I mean built his reputation and his power on basically waging an illegal war on uh, the Gauls and uh, raping and burning and murdering his way through, through a country which was, um, at the time, uh, no threat to Rome, which was uh, much more civilized and advanced that we 
uh, tend to think in large part due to the propaganda uh, of Caesar himself and um, uh, ended up with, I mean, it's, it's estimated that there were about a million Gauls who lost their lives as a result of Caesar's campaigns, another million which was uh, carried uh, off into slavery to Italy, uh, representing something like a quarter of the total population. <laughs> so, so, right, I mean, something came from that. I mean, the Gallo-Roman civilization from which ultimately uh, the French culture came, I mean, obviously could not have been what it is without the Roman element. Um, but, um, you know, not everything is positive with Rome. I mean, especially if you like the Celts, I mean, there is a very long history of, uh, uh, you know, war and fear and uh, massacres ultimately between the, the Romans and the Celts. I mean, and uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard for me not to see the Romans are the bad guys. <laughs> you know, okay, so I'm a Latin teacher. Obviously, I really enjoy Roman history, Roman literature, but you're also not wrong. The fact is that Julius Caesar has these qualities that make him interesting, very nervy, very gutsy, does a lot of really bold and impressive things throughout his life. But he also was definitely an unapologetic mass murderer. And not a very nice person. <laughs> the other thing that makes it hard, I think, to make games that are Roman era, but that aren't focused on Rome, is that so much of the literature that we have is either by Romans or very much focused on Romans. You even have Greek historians writing about Rome at the time. So how do you try to access other angles, other voices, and bring non-Roman ancient cultures to life, the ones that were in that same time period. Right. That's a, that's an excellent point, Liz. I mean, the, especially when you are dealing with culture which were basically not using, um, you know, the written form that much, like the ancient Celts. Pretty much everything we know or used to know uh, about them com comes from Rome or marginally from from the Greeks. So fortunately, uh, I mean, there's been a, a lot of information, so you can actually cross-reference, get some, some information from that. And then archaeology has helped a lot in, uh, in uh, fleshing out, you know, um, uh, everything we know. Uh, but uh, before, just give you a quick example, uh, staying with Caesar and Gaul, um, it is a common... Um, I would say, uh, thinking that Gaul has no cities and no roads and has very and had very little agriculture. Um, so now we got a number of historians who have actually uh, used uh, Caesar's text to show that uh, you know when he refers um, some of the opida of the of the Gauls. Uh, when he refers just uh, how many, uh, how big an armies uh, could be supplied from this place and from these lands. Obviously, this was not all forest. And um, when you look at like the um, marching rates of uh, Caesar's army, uh, that again could not have been achieved without roads. So there were roads. They may not have been, you know, the extremely well-engineered Roman roads that we uh, all know of, but they were definitely good serviceable roads which are by the way alluded to in other sources and then archaeology has confirmed a lot of that i mean it's uh, 
it's amazing, especially now. I mean, when we have uh, all these methods with uh, aerial pictures and stuff, I mean, we, we know today that before the Roman conquest, uh, gold was actually extensively um, cultivated and had large uh, farms. And uh, actually what we think today as Roman villae, actually the precursors were, were gold when, and uh, they were wrought, etc. So all of that, thankfully, is coming to light nowadays because we have access to... Um, um, to more information and also because we have some new, um, I would say, approaches which are uh, now being considered. I mean, with most historians today will not slavishly just believe what from, what uh, Caesar had to say. I mean, they, they understand he has an agenda. We understand he had, a, he had some particular uh, tropes that he wanted to use uh, in order to, um, to talk to his public, which was a, you know, a Roman uh, public. Um, so that's, that's how you get to it. If you deal now with like the Eastern Mediterranean, thankfully there are more, um, independent sources. Uh, some of them are pro-Roman, but again, I mean, you, you, you have just enough that you can reconstruct a lot of what happened in the Greek world, in the Hellenistic world prior to the Roman conquest. So the other thing I find interesting about games with ancient theming, and I think you do too, given that you're currently designing Hubris, which we'll get to, um, is that we have a lot of games that are kind of about the classical Roman period, like Mm. that really sweet spot as the Republic turns into empire and kind of in there. But we don't have a lot of late Roman games with the exception of things like Wars of Marcus Aurelius. We also don't have, I mean, there are some games that are about Greece before Rome is a big deal. You know, we have games about the Peloponnesian Wars. We have games about Alexander. But, yep. you know, are there any good games about ancient Egypt or Persia that aren't centered so much on our obsession with with Rome or with, say, Alexander? Well, there is another period where you have a lot of games, um, and that's the Second Punic War. Uh, you do have quite a lot of games focusing on these I mean, it was a tremendous struggle, obviously, between Hannibal and, and Rome. And um, and you can understand, I mean, why it was so uh, pivotal in that this was probably the last time before the late Roman Empire um, that uh, Rome itself was, you know, at a significant threat from an external enemy. Um, but, but there's a ton of games on the Second Punic War. And uh, while I do appreciate uh, gaming this period, uh, if only because I, I get to uh, ravage Italy and France and Rome, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know it's a little bit like all the the Belge games or the Waterloo games of that. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's just too many of them. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you if you really get go away from the classical um, uh, Roman subjects, you don't have that many, or you have again very high-level games, which sometimes have more to do with, um, you know, being a game than being an historical simulation. Um, there have been some attempts, which I'm not that familiar with, to portray, um, you know, things like um, God Kings, which I think is Compass, uh, like uh, Genesis uh, with TNT games, which try to focus on the heights of the Babylonian and Persian and... and um, you know, new um, new empire, new kingdom, uh, Egypt, that sort of thing. Uh, the the Hittites, 
but um, there's not that many and they tend to be to be more of a satellite view and part of it may simply be because we have very very little detailed information so uh, these may be very interesting subjects but it's hard to uh, it's hard to design a game when you have uh, you have not much information or if that subject matter is so little known in um, the general public that there might not be much interest having a game about it. So um, uh, that's probably one of our challenges as designers is to um, sort of lose interest uh, going beyond the few things about ancients that are well known. So what are some themes that you think have a lot of possibility from the ancient world that haven't been done yet? Right. So um, it's probably quite a few, but but then we all have our own, you know, preferred um, preferred periods and preferred subject matters. Uh, one of mine, obviously, is the Hellenistic world. I'm absolutely fascinated by this period, which extends from the death of Alexander uh, to the conquest by by Rome um, of the Eastern Mediterranean. Um, I think it's a fascinating period, not only for the clash of kingdoms and ambitions and hegemonies, but also because it's, um, it's, it's my opinion, it's, it was actually where the classic Greco-Roman civilization was born. It was, uh, it was very much um, the advances from that period, which were then taken over and made, uh, you know, into a um, Mediterranean world-wide um, civilization by the Romans. Um, so obviously, I mean, I've been I've been dealing with that period. I mean, hubris is, is part of that, and I have some other projects which are part of that. But there are there are other subjects. I mean, you could I mean, Carthage is a very interesting um, a very interesting subject matter. I mean, uh, if you if you consider it how uh, one city managed to build, um, you know, using very different mechanism than Rome. Uh, to build this large empire relying mostly on trade and that sort of thing. Um, the, the various clashes between, uh, I would say, the Greeks whether in, and Carthage on the one hand and the Persians on the other hand, you know, whether in Sicily, whether in um, Asia Minor, um, in my opinion, are not entirely depicted. I mean, you will find quite, for instance, you will find a lot of games on individual battles of the Medic Wars, the wars between Greece and Persia. Um, but in, as far as I'm aware, there's no good game about the, the actual wars or no good games about the actual um, conflict as seen from, again, a strategical, political, cultural point of view. Um, so these are subjects which are only looked at from a very narrow lens uh, of individual battles, which, in my opinion, would be very interesting. I mean, the rise of Persia would be uh, would be a good game. I think Genesis uh, kind of touches on it, but um, there's a lot of uh, subjects which are which have not been explored. Um, we could go into the the Celtic world, I mean, uh, uh, the Celtic, uh, I mean, some people talk of the Celtic Empire, which is not right because it was never unified, but I mean, they did 
they did rule and they did spread over a huge territory and there, there will be a ton of, of good stuff to be done with that. Um, and then you mentioned the late Roman Empire. I mean, we're starting to see a few games uh, dealing with that. Um, you mentioned the Wars of Marcus Aurelius, which is not quite late Roman Empire, more like... <laughs> it's still late for what we normally get. Stilico, now we're getting, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, now we've got Stilico coming, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, we had, um, I mean, there's this game, uh, Invasions, which recently came out. Unfortunately, um, I mean, the, the, the material is sumptuous. The, the game itself is not finished, in my opinion, but maybe someday we will be able to play it. Um, and Dragon, to some extent, was a little bit of that. I mean, so, yes, I think we're starting to see some of that uh, in a field where, for a long time, the only games we had were Britannia, uh, and then some, uh, there were a couple of spin-offs from, from Britannia, including one, I don't know if you ever heard of it, which was by a French company, which was called Hispania, which was the same thing as Britannia for Spain and Portugal, hmm. uh, which was actually a very good game. Um, and I think there's a, I mean, I know of Maharaja and Italia, uh, obviously, Maharaja has nothing to do with um, ancient Rome, but it's still ancient. I mean, it starts with ancient India, which was quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I mean, I know next to nothing about... Um, I'm, I'm very much European, I guess, in this re- regard. I mean, I know next to nothing of the ancient history of India, but on China and Japan and Korea, I mean, there's... Uh, I, I know enough that I know there is some interesting material there, but <laughs> certainly not enough to dare uh, go into that sort of field. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the foundation stories of China, uh, Seven Kingdoms or whatever, I mean, there seems to be a lot of interesting stuff there as well. But, yeah, I mean, uh, the world is wide and the history is deep for sure. One thing I've also wondered about so I don't know. I'm not a game designer. I just play other people's games and judge them. Uh, but <laughs> I, so I am, I would love one thing that we don't get in, in my opinion, enough with games about the ancient world is games that are less about war and more about some other aspect of ancient life. And, you know, I, I know that you're not a big Romans person, but I am a big fan of several sort of conniving Roman women, such as, you know, Livia, wife of Augustus, or Agrippina the Younger, you know, mother of Nero, or the Julias under the Severan dynasty. And I think that there's so many possibilities to have interesting women, interesting people who weren't, you know, living the first parts of their lives in Italy. You know, you could have less Italo-centric games, uh, you know... I feel like there's so much room for themes about ancient subjects that aren't war. Is that something that interests you or do you consider yourself a war gamer? Mm, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always wary with this term of, of war game because I think it's a little bit restrictive. Um, as I mentioned, I mean, I like my games to bring together the various aspects, you know, the military, the the economic, the political, the cultural, uh, religious, if, if uh, relevant. Um, but you're right. I mean, there, there's also room for, especially on the political side. I mean, uh, obviously, Clausewitz was not an ancient, but 
the, the thing about uh, the the continuity between war and politics uh, is, I mean, it wasn't new in the 19th century. I mean, it's always been a dimension. So um, in this respect, the Republic of Rome is a most excellent game because it's first and foremost a political game. There are, there's intrigue, there's, uh, there's war, but it's the, the key of it is what happens in the Senate with the various blocks of senators trying to pass legislation which will, you know, advance their own agendas. Like, for instance, um, there's a number of, of wars which threaten the Republic, uh, but these wars are both threats and opportunities, which is a very Roman thing, <laughs> not only Roman. Um, and so deciding who you are going to appoint uh, to lead this campaign and, you know, uh, who's good enough, but who might uh, gain undue advantage in terms of fame and prestige and, and uh, followers, etc. as a result of the war. I mean, all of these, these dimensions are, uh, are present in the game and make for a very, very complex but very interesting game. Uh, and as you go into the middle to the late republic, um, the internal dimensions take a bigger and bigger share of um, of the event. I mean, you have to deal with uh, uh, like um, the plebs, which is asking for land reform, for instance, and you have uh, uh, you may want to support their claims or you may want to block them, and uh, that becomes a big you know a, a big stake into uh, into senatorial politics. Uh, so yes, I mean you you could definitely have a ton of interesting game which would be less war and more, you know, of the other dimensions. Um, and you could get to a more personal level. I think um, Republic of Rome does have individual persons to a large extent, but you could go deeper. Um, I mean, you mentioned some some uh, famous ladies <laughs> of the Julio <laughs> or Severian, etc. But um, uh, to a large extent, the internal politics of the imperial family <laughs> throughout the empire would certainly make for a good game um, if you manage to capture it in a, in a manageable way. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure there, there would be some game material here. So speaking of game material, let's whet everyone's appetite for our next episode. Your game that we're going to be talking about next week, Hubris, is set in the Hellenistic period. What attracts you to the Hellenistic period? Why make a game about it? What is compelling about this time for you? Yes, so um, the first thing is that as the name uh, <laughs> which has been coined to, 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 uh, to brand it, so Hellenistic, that's like the epitome of the uh, Greek uh, culture and, and civilization. So since I'm a big fan, uh, that's one thing. And then that's when they actually go and meet and merge or, or integrate a lot of aspects from other civilization because as a result of Alexander's campaigns, um, the Macedonians and, and the Greeks uh, got not only in contact, but actually uh, got to manage and, on a daily basis uh, such ancient civilizations as uh, the Phoenicians, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, um, Lydians, um, Persians, etc. So from that was brought an incredibly fascinating uh, merging of, um, of uh, information and knowledge and beliefs 
from which, uh, you know, a lot of science came from that, a lot of philosophical advances came from that, uh, a lot of religious opinions, I will not call them advances, came from that. Um, so it's, it's a fascinating period, which in my opinion is, is absolutely key to, uh, to what our current civilization is. And then on a, on a strategical and political uh, aspect, uh, this is um, a period of rivalry between kings, which were very similar. I mean, they all came from, you know, the companions of Alexander. They were all coming from leading families in Macedon. Um, they, so they all shared the same cultural uh, basis. Um, and the same experience, and so to a large extent, the same worldviews. Um, obviously, there were some specificities due to where they actually ruled, but um, and they and they went at it, and they went at it for a couple of centuries because uh, you know when you were the heirs to Alexander, there was nothing less than uh, total <laughs> hegemony, which would be uh, which would be satisfying. So. So it makes for a very interesting situation in that, um, you know, there's, there's not, basically there's very little ideology, there's very little uh, racial conflicts or whatever. It was really pure personal ambition, naked <laughs> power, and, and just trying to, um, to maximize what you had and, 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 and come ahead. Um, so, and then... We do have quite a bit of information because we are, I mean, we are so close to the Roman period, I guess. Uh, so um, there's a lot of greater-than-life characters uh, which uh, which come out from um, from this period. I mean, not, I mean, Alexander is one of them, but there's, there's many others, including a few women, which are which are interesting. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's always been a, a, a period which has been um, which has fascinated me. Uh, and, and where I've always thought like uh, there's a ton of material to make great games. Fantastic. So we'll be talking about one of those great games, Hubris, which is development next episode. Uh, thank you so much, Morgan, for, for coming on, for having this conversation with me. We really appreciate you. Well, so it was my pleasure, Liz. All right. We will be talking to y'all again next week, everybody. Thanks for listening and happy gaming.